When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Now listen, they want me to say hello, welcome to the James Well Best Bits of tonight's show. Wish you can hear every night, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio from 7 till 10. But I said, wouldn't it be best to call it the worst of whale? So have a listen. See what you think. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. The mayor of Bristol, Marvin Rees, said he felt no sense of loss after the controversial statue of Edward Coulson was pulled down and thrown into the harbour. During his life, Edward Coulson was a member of the Royal African Company, which transported around 80,000 women, uh, men and children from Africa to the Americas. Uh, now, let's talk to George Ferguson, former mayor of Bristol. George, good evening to you. Hi, James. Why wasn't this statue ever taken down? Because it seems to me it's not something you really want to boast about. No, I, I regret that I didn't take it down during the four years that I was uh, mayor. And um, it, was a, you know, it was an accident waiting to happen, to be honest. I think it was almost bound to happen. And... Um, uh, I think a lot of us are culpable for not having <laughs> taken it to the museum with the proper narrative about the whole history. Um, we've become a much more diverse city in the years I've been here since 1965. And um, we, uh, you know, we're a better city for it in many ways, but mm. we do need to bring people together. And um, that was an extreme example. Um, but it was... Yeah, I, I heard some of the comments, some of your listeners, which horrified me. I think that it is a minority of people who are the vandals and the and and cause the damage. But um, but they're the ones actually, that make actually, the news. They're the ones who make the news. Yeah. Mm. So I think you know I I understand my my successor is is has. Um, Afro-Caribbean heritage, uh, and I completely understand his feelings. Um, I, I think he should have gone a bit further in condemning vandalism, but the vandalism, you, I mean, you understand it, but it's got to, I think it has to be called out. Um, but the, the danger is that those of us who don't support vandalism are then accused of being, you know, not supporting Black lives matter. Black lives do matter. And All lives matter, matter actually, uh, George. Of course they do. Uh, so I, I even All think the slogan matter. is a bit yeah. is a bit racist in its way because, you know, uh, I think there's a lot of. Um, I mean, I don't ever see that much racism. And if I did, and it was uh, somebody I knew being racist, they wouldn't be somebody I knew anymore. If you see what I mean. Um, I think it's not the racism you see. I think it's the racism that you, you know, that is in everyone to a certain extent. I think we have to admit there's an element of racism 
in in everybody. There's an element of prejudice. Um, and, I agree with that. And, I do agree with and, that. But, you know, it's something that we that, should uh, recognise. Surely most of us do. I think a lot of us do. Yeah, but I hear a lot of, I'm not racist, but, you know. <laughs> but why didn't you remove the statue when you were mayor? You, you've you only just decided. Well, I should have done. To be honest, I absolutely, yesterday I was thinking, oh, God, I wish I had done. So it was actually made you change your mind. What they did actually made a lot of people change their mind and decide they shouldn't have it legally. Well, Even the, though, so the illegal act the forced majority, people to believe it. In polls, the majority of Bristolians didn't want it taken down. They saw it as part of their history. Yeah, but I bet that's changed now. I bet that's changed now if they did a poll well, again. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on, Ash, just in case it you don't know. Has. Edward Coulston uh, put loads of money into an enormous amount of stuff yeah, within made Bristol. From, that he made from slavery. And, yeah, yeah, I agree. But he, you know, his name is on buildings, on yeah, yeah. some theatres, I think, yeah. or a theatre there. Well, you can say about Queen uh, Victoria, the, the can't you? Even is, uh, on schools. You can say about Queen absolutely. Victoria. Well, yeah, you could. Well, yeah. she, I mean, yeah. she, yeah. And Nelson. His name, yeah. he, was, he was a huge philanthropist, but the, you know, the problem is, is where did that money come from? Um, he came from a rich family anyway and became even richer, you know. And, yeah. uh, but the fact that he was so associated with the slave trade... Does colour the I mean, you know yeah. colour colours yeah. his philanthropy, doesn't it? Yeah, and but I think you know we people saw him as a philanthropist, and rather than as a you know rather than yeah. having blood on his hands. Thank you very much indeed, Mayor, former Mayor of Bristol, uh, George Ferguson. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. So let's talk now to um, my good friend Norman Lamb, former Lib Dem MP for North Norfolk and now chairman of South London and Maudsley NHS Foundation Trust. Uh, Norman, good evening to you. Let, let's talk about uh, this. Uh, normal isn't going to be simple for anybody when we go back. Yeah. Because um, a lot of people, I have to say, seem to be telling me, I don't, I'm not one of them, by the way, a lot of people seem to be enjoying this. Well, I think, look, here's the thing. The, the, the range of experiences through this crisis is vast so for for us personally um we live in a nice house we have a garden uh, mm. I could, i've just i've just cycled out into the countryside this evening uh, it's been an attractive reset for us you know i've seen more of my wife than in 35 years of marriage and we get on you know i've got a, a house i've got a nice garden i live in the middle of nowhere virtually uh, and I have got two great dogs, and if I didn't have them, I would be claw, um, crawling the walls. But I don't have any uh, other permanent human contact. Uh, and that, I, I thought I was quite self-sufficient. But I have to say, you know, just somebody to give a cuddle to or, or just sit on the sofa and watch a TV show with, being on your own the whole time is really, really affecting me. Well, look, I mean, that's in a sense brings me on to what we've been saying today. In our, I've written a letter along with over 60 others. I've worked with a brilliant psychologist called Warren Larkin uh, to make, and we've written to uh, Matt Hancock, Health Secretary, to make the case for the government to start planning for what I think is in, an inevitable sort of psychological fallout from this COVID crisis. So, you know, you highlighted there the, the problems of, uh, of isolation. Many people, <clears throat> particularly older people, are experiencing dreadful um, 
loneliness through this period, not having any human contact. But then if you add on to that anxieties about finances, many people drifting into debt, worries about losing your employment, bereavement, many people now drinking more than they normally do. Uh, and, you know, and then there's the increase in domestic violence. So all of these factors point to a very significant likelihood of an increase in mental distress uh, and potentially mental ill health. And, uh, you know, if you look back at previous recessions, previous pandemics, there's always been a psychological impact of this. So our case is let's start planning now. Let's not just wait for it to happen. Plan now. Make sure we resource it properly. Make sure we collaborate. Listen to the people who actually understand these things. And if we work together, we can... Uh, make a big impact on people's lives. That's our. But mental health is already under resourced before all this. Well, exactly, uh, exactly. I've spent years campaigning for equality for mental health as compared to physical health. So we go into this situation yeah. in a very challenged position already. You know, in many, many parts of the country, teenagers, for example, wait a year. To access treatment, for goodness sake. Mm. Yeah, or even longer, even longer. Appalling. Be, yeah, in London, Absolutely yeah. appalling. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we could we we don't have to be in that situation, really, if we uh, we thought more about how... We've talked about this before, yeah. Norman. You know, yeah. there is an... There is an enormous amount of uh, I'm turning my phone off. Uh, there is an enormous amount of uh, waste within uh, the health service, too, which I think we need to take um, yeah. notice of. Well, our case also is that, you know, we need to work uh, uh, effectively and in collaboration to make the best use of public resources. Public resources aren't always used effectively. Uh, and, and often, you know, brilliant third sector organisations can support people uh, in many ways better than the uh, traditional NHS. So there needs to be that collaboration between uh, mental health trusts, local authorities, community groups, faith groups, third sector. And if we work and plan together, we can make a big impact. And, mm. you know, last week at the South London and Maudsley, um, I, I sort of come up with this idea we should hold a virtual summit uh, to start planning how we respond to this likely psychological uh, mm. need. And we had over a 1,000 people signing up for it. So there's a, there's a, it's, it's touched a raw nerve here and... If we work together, particularly with charities and third sector, we can uh, we can help people get through these very difficult times. Norman Lamb, former Lib Dem MP for North Norfolk, and I think he was a former health minister in the coalition, yeah, yeah. and now chair of the South London and Maudsley NHS <clears throat> Foundation Trust. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Uh, anger as new rules. Uh, requiring all people living in the UK to self-isolate for 14 days have come into effect today. Now, I thought it was anybody coming into the UK, not just uh, uh, all people arriving in the UK. That yeah, right, all not people. just uh, people from the UK. Unless you came back. from Dublin or France, I think. <clears throat> well, no, no, that's France or right. So, well, let's check it out. Yeah. Uh, Chris Haslam is the chief travel writer at the Times. Chris, good evening. Hello, how are you doing? All oh, right. Well, not really, but we won't go to that. Um, so, is it is this right? You well, can, it, it, it actually saw right. Yeah, Dublin and also the Isle of Man. Ah. 
Uh, but, but having said that, you could also fly into Edinburgh and uh, not be subject to it. As oh, well. yeah. And Wales. What about Wales? Is Wales? Oh, I don't know. I was just losing track of it. <laughs> <Yeah. But> it <laughs> the thing is, everyone's, everyone's getting really sort of overexcited and heated about it. And we've got this uh, quash the quarantine campaign going on at the moment by a group of tour operators. And we've got British Airways and EasyJet and Ryanair clubbing together to take on legal action. You know what? It's actually, what it is, is it, it's, it's a piece of political illusion. It's, it's, it's a magic trick that the government is trying to do to show it's in control. But it's, sort of, it's, it's like a sort of Tommy Cooper magic trick because... It's going I wrong. Well, oh, I like those. We can <laughs> see that the cards are marked. They've forgotten how to do the trick, and the rabbit's done a runner, and it's just, it, it's just not working the slightest. But it doesn't matter. This is the key thing. It doesn't matter, no matter what anyone says, because right now we can't go out of the country on holiday because of FCO advice against all non-essential travel. So quarantine isn't hurting any outbound British tour operator because we can't go anywhere. And people coming into the country... They can't come in as tourists because all the hotels are shut until July the 4th. So no inbound operator is being hurt by it at the moment. And I, guarantee, I predict that give it just to be stubborn and just to look like we're completely in control and we don't need to listen to anything anyone says because we know what we're doing, they'll give it two cycles of... Mm. Um, two cycles... Of, the first one, no, it's too early yet. We were, we we're going to hold on for the next cycle. That will take us up to week 30, which is about the same time as the schools would have broken up, July the 20th. That is exactly the time they will say, you know what, you've all done extremely well. We're going to lift quarantine. <laughs> we're going to lift the FCO advice and let's get Britain moving again. It'll look like they're in control it will be magnificent i can ah. see it well, I hope, in a way, I hope you're right. I hope, I mean, I hope it, or hoped it wouldn't come in, and I don't understand yeah. why. Uh, and every time I've talked to an MP about this, I don't think they understand no, either. No one, knows. Yeah. No one uh, really knows. Truckers are exempt as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Doctors, yeah, yeah. Doctors, doctors are exempt. exempt. People yeah. moving on medical. The French are not exempt, I'd like to point yeah. out, and nor are we exempt on going into their country. So. And the quarantine, you can still get the train home after. And what are you meant to do if you live with people who haven't been away? Well, did you see the, um, the, the the union said that, you know, one of the markers they've got for the form is that there's, you know, you can write anything you want on the form. And they said, well, you know, you know Buck if someone writes down Buckingham Palace, well, maybe we should question them twice. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any sort of sense of let's check your, you know, let's check your ID, let's check your address. Well, um, hang on, they, they haven't got time, Chris. I mean, the border force down in... Uh, uh, I live in Kent, so down in Dover, which is near me. If I was going out of the country, I'd probably use the uh, Eurostar. Um, a lot of the Border Force people are saying, well, at Dover, where the ferries come in, they don't have time or manpower to do this. So most people, unless they get stopped for something else, won't be stopped and asked. But there's a lot less people, isn't there, doing it? There are a lot less people travelling, yeah. but, um, but you know, I understand what you're saying about the, uh, the border staff. They say they didn't even get the guidelines for how to run this, this quarantine operation until Friday no. afternoon. <laughs> uh, Chris Haslam, Chief Travel Writer at The Times. Thank you very much. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Yeah, I've been ill for a couple of days. Why was wrong, man? What, I don't it the food? know. Because you let things it's go a bit off in the fridge, don't you? Who have you been talking to? Your, your generation. You just smell it and that's enough for you. I no, but I, I was on the and I saw the police in action. Do you know, you were getting on my nerves fine. now. 
One of my best girlfriends, uh, I dated a girl who... Your best girlfriend, did you say? <clears throat> Sorry? You said your best girlfriend. Yes. Yeah, I won't deny it. <laughs> it's a bit stupid, really, but I've run out of bread. You've got no money left. Well, I've got some money. All oh, right, bread. Oh, you mean actual it, bread. We are the number two in the world, aren't we, for the number of COVID yeah. deaths. So, effectively, we're a net exporter of COVID. So it's the only thing anywhere. we net export, isn't it, in this country? OK, we're yeah. going to... Uh, no, let's go straight to our next guest. No, I'm just going to do this uh, text. You're arguing with yourself. Where would you suggest, then, first holiday after this business is finished, Chris, where would you go? What, for social distancing? I'd probably go to Namibia. I think we should just come clean now and say that we've had an affair many years ago. All right, yeah, let's do that. If it be very careful, because your husband, (laughs) Carl, and I are quite... He knew all about it. He joined in. That was uh, the clips for today, the worst of Whale, or sorry, sorry, the best of James Whale. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed them. Well, I suppose if you didn't enjoy them, you won't be listening, will you? Anyway, I'll be back 7 o'clock until 10, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio. Have a great day. Thank you for listening.